0: Welcome to episode 13 of Entrepreneur Life with me, Joel Campbell, and I am an entrepreneur. Let's just get straight into it, shall we? Um, it's been a, it's a good week, relatively good week. Um, I think for everybody, no matter what you do, whether you work for yourself or you work for somebody else, whatever it is, you, you have your roller coaster, don't you? Your ups and your downs. And I had a meeting earlier this week, or I had a chat with them. Um, with with one of on the team who you know, it's got an awful lot of work on. And um they they were saying to me, like I was chatting, so I was like, I know it's difficult, I know it's hard. And they were like, Joel, it's not that it's hard, and it's not that I don't know what the solutions are. I know exactly what I need to do and I know exactly where I need to go. It's just a lot of it. And I thought that was so interesting because it was so true it's just loads to do and it always is and that's never ever going to change and i think when we when we look for um uh that that cruising time that just level playing that just that that kind of constant steady idling in third gear it doesn't happen in business i don't really think it happens in life and to be honest i think it'd be quite boring i think the ups and the downs are, are the are almost the fun parts do you know what i mean it's It's that kind of thing. I know when I go cycling, when I go running out on the road, I quite enjoy the uphills. They're really fucking hard, really, really hard. But I always push really hard to get up them. And when I hit the summit, I'm like, yeah, nailed it. And I have the enjoyment of coming down the other side. Um, And I think life is a little bit like that. Uh, so yeah, that was, that's, that's me coming straight into it, straight out of the blocks, off we go. I wanted to talk this week a little bit more about narrowing in on my why. Um, so that, that was one thing I wanted to pick up on. And the other thing I wanted to pick up on, which really has been quite prevalent to me at the end of this week, is some of the challenges we face as employers, and this just isn't, this isn't just for business owners, this is for anybody that employs staff, anybody that manages stuff, if you have one person or two people or a whole team of people you look after you will appreciate this piece so i'm going to do those two bits today really and and just concentrate on those and i think what i want to do is start actually on my on my why and i'm going to roll on to 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 the to the staffing side of things so we'll see see how that goes and, and i'll try not to waffle So I spoke a few episodes ago about making a shit Prime Minister um, if I did it now, and I still believe that to be true, Um, although I think there's an argument to be said I might do a better job than the current one, I don't know, I still don't think I'd be very good at it. Whereas in about nine, ten years' time, I actually think I'd be very good at it because I can spend the next decade learning really how to do it well. And I think the fundamental thing is, and I, and I had this conversation this morning with with my counselor and had a long chat about this It's fundamentally I'm, I'm a nice person. I'm a decent person. I work hard for other people I get quite a kick out of helping other people achieve what they want to achieve and I'm brutally honest So to give you an example of that we were talking earlier on um, About policy and I was saying I think I will find it quite difficult in my journey to prime minister Let's just stick with that for a second, because political parties are not going to believe they can win an election with me in the in the leadership seat, and here's the reason why. Because I'm brutally honest, and we used a um, an example this morning when I was, when I was chatting with my councillor of. Um, disability uh, benefits and allowances and I'm, I'm just picking that one because that's what we discussed this morning because the question was asked well let's just take a, an example disability living allowances how are you going to ensure that people who are disabled get you know are uh, the appropriate living allowances and how are you going to ensure that testing disabilities is made um, simpler fairer um, more appropriate uh, and, and so on and so forth and they were asking about how I could, how we would just run that entire system. Um, and I said, do you know what? I don't know. And they were like, okay. And I said, and I'm gonna hold my hands up. And if, if, if I was doing this policy now, I would say to people, I would say to disabled people, and there's, there's lots of other policies, it's just this is the one that we, that we were chat about. I can't sit here and tell you how I'm going to improve disability allowances, how we're going to improve benefit testing, how we're going to improve accessibility, um, and how we're going to put in more legislation to support access and such like that. Um, I don't know. But I'm not going to tiptoe around the subject. and I'm not going to lie to you. I'm not going to say, oh, well, we're going to do this and we're going we're to put in this process. And we're going to work and put in this process. I'm going to say, I don't know but myself and my team and the people around us are gonna work relentlessly and incredibly hard to get it right and to get it right for everyone as best as we possibly can. Now that might not be the answer that people want to hear. What people want to hear is they want a solution. And the reality is you can't always give people a solution. It doesn't work quite like that off the cuff and sometimes you won't always give people the solution they want and you're trying to do it for mass as well for a lot of people but my point to this was politicians nowadays will skirt around the issue they are so worried about their reputation and so worried about how they look politically and so worried about how their political party looks that they will either skirt around the issue they will lie they will mistruth they will mislead they will tell you something that's never gonna happen just so you vote for them you put them into power and then they don't care and i do believe that is true for a lot of politicians on both sides and that's not my way my way is to say i don't know how we're going to do it but we're going to work hard to get it right you tell me what it is you think we should be doing and we'll take all of that back and the trouble is that in an in an election world i believe political parties think that is damaging, whereas I actually think most people prefer to be told that you don't have the answer and know that that's the truth than to be lied to and to find out a year or two years down the line they've been completely misled. Don't get me wrong, I would love to sit here and have a solution for everything, but that's not fucking reality, nor will it ever be, because no one's got the solution to everything. So I think, you know, my honest approach is going to be quite difficult in a political landscape, so it kind of I've been thinking about that a lot and I've also been thinking about what I want to do in life and also the reasons why, use why, the reason why I kind of want to press to be Prime Minister and a big, big part of that is because I want to change the world. I want to change it for the better i want to help people i want to do that on a large scale and i don't believe and, and I, I i believed that one of the best ways of doing that is to lead the country i've been wondering recently though and watching the politics and, and what's been going on at the moment how much influence or how much say and how much the prime minister can actually affect what happens in day-to-day life for us all, and it got me really kind of thinking about that journey. And I had a conversation with my stepdads the other day at, at my grand's funeral afterwards, and we were talking about this very, very briefly. And he he does take me seriously when I say it, but he also knows that the journey is going to be quite tricky, or certainly trickier than I give it credit for. And he's he's right, but I'm an entrepreneur. I don't give a shit. I'm just going for it. Uh, and he is right the thing is that he was talking about you're trying to figure out how you can best impact and benefit the world and that was all he said and it really got me kind of thinking because I've got lots of goals in my life and I've got lots of whys and my why isn't to be prime minister my why one of my whys one of my big whys is to change the world for the better to help people and to make, to, 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 to help everyone, but to leave, I guess, i am not trying to word it? It is, I'm narrowing down my life, I have not clear what I'm talking about. Um, it is to help people, it is to benefit people, it is to make the world, and certainly where, where we live, a happier, more enjoyable place for everyone to be. It's to give back. And i kind of felt that being prime minister was the answer to that why and do you know what i don't think it is and it's been interesting over the last week and i've probably been thinking about this for a while but i really honed in on it on the last week and yes absolutely my grand's funeral has definitely definitely made me look at it in a different way and focus it in a slightly different way and some of that is because she you know she did so much it, 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 an old age. She did so much in her 60s and into her 70s and, and even into her 80s. And I'm like, God, I'm not even 40 yet. I'm getting close, but I'm not there yet. And I'm like, that means I've got, you know, another 30, 40 really good healthy years. I've got my entire life again in really healthy years, touching wood. Um, Period. um i've got my life again but i don't have the first 10 years where i'm just kind of learning shit, and i don't have the first 15 years where i'm stuck in bloody school and i hate it and i don't have my 20s where i'm just pissing around doing whatever certainly my early 20s so i've got so many good years ahead of me and that got me quite excited and i was like do you know what i want to put all of those years to the best possible use i can i don't want to waste any of them because you're here not for a long time You're here for a good time, an enjoyable time. You're here to live your life, but you're not here for a long time in grand scheme. And I was really pleased that just before I'm even 40, I've realised, wow, I can really use my years quite well. that got me thinking about my health a bit more, because I was like, wow, I really need to look after myself health-wise, so I can really maximise, you know, the next 40, 50, maybe even 60 years. Um, 60 years, 70 years, possibly. Our medicine's going so fast, you know. So it could be that long, and um, yeah, and that allowed me to, to, to just narrow in and focus a bit more. So, what I'm looking to do is really concentrate on how I can benefit others, uh, and that's not just you know my immediate family. Obviously, that's that's a big a big factor, and myself. I'm not gonna lie, you know, that's definitely a thing. I, I love nice things, so you know I want to be able to benefit myself um, and my immediate family. The wider, the wider spectrum of, I would say, my family in terms of, um, you know, all the people that we employ in our businesses and other businesses we come to support and their employees and their extended families off the back of that and their families. And then I want to reach out even further into the rest of the UK and ideally even further beyond that. And it made me wonder whether actually philanthropy is a better model for me to go down that road and and, and sack off this journey of prime minister, which is going to take a, you know a long time and a lot of effort and a lot of a lot of selflessness. Which is all fine. What I think I'm going to struggle with in the political landscape is all the backstabbing the bullshit the crap that comes with it all the bollocks and all the lying and all the faffing and all the patting each other on the back i can't be arsed with any of that bullshit i think that rounds it up um so i'm not gonna head down that prime ministerial route i think if we had proportionate representation that might suit me better but we don't so i'm not going to press down that road what I'm going to do is keep my why really, really focused, but I'm going to do it through my business side. So I'm going to really concentrate, not that I don't anyway, but really narrowing and focus on the development of the businesses that we own, the businesses we operate, the businesses that we're invested in and some of the wider things that I'm currently involved in and really Drive those things forward, and I don't mean just kind of continuing to do what we're doing, I mean finding not another gear, not a gear beyond that, but a gear beyond that. Foot to the floor, and off we go. Easy to say, but just watch this space, and you'll see it happening. So, to give a roundup of that, currently we've got Shrewsbury Prison that's doing quite well, it's moving along nicely, coming to holiday season. Um, we've got Shepton Mallet Prison. So those two um, tourist attractions at the moment form up our attraction division. I think we've got about 60 people, give or take, for 65 people employed in that division. And I'm nearly completely out of that operation myself. I'm still very much the marketing manager. I've resigned, I think you all know that. Waiting to get a new marketing manager in, and then I'm out. I'll still, I'll still support it, I'll still give advice, I'll still have input, but I won't be in a day-to-day. And then I can concentrate over here, so we've got 50 mil media, which is our media company sitting in our media division, that is due to start going very very soon, we're starting to move it, obviously it produces this show, but it's got other shows that's coming forward to produce, which is just getting um, ready to, to do, it's got some studio work happening on Monday coming up, so that's good. We've got our events company, Immersive Events, in a little bit of hiatus at the moment, but that's going to move forwards and that's going to be part of our event division. And there's a couple of other companies in the event world that I'm, I'm sort of looking at, I'm sizing up, I'm like, I'd really love to get involved in those guys and get them working alongside us and drive that division forwards. Um, then we've got some a couple of small investments nothing major um, tiny little investment in the in the, in the guys'd love to visit one of the OTAs they're brilliant I love just watching what they're doing I'd love to have more conversations with fed and the team there um, but but they, they they don't need me they know they're gonna they're a multi-million pound business without me they can crack on they're fine um, <coughs> Uh, we've got our parent company, obviously, and I'm going to talk about that next week in terms of the brand and the brand approach and what, I, what I've what spoken about there for a little while. I'm going to rehash on, on a different episode I talked about, which was where you need to make decisions. Wrong decisions, right decisions, make a fucking decision. And I've been procrastinating on something with our parent company for, for months, months and months and months, maybe even years. So I'm going to talk about that next week in, in a separate episode. Um, so we've got that going on. Um uh, and then I've got a couple of other pieces, nothing major. Well, I say nothing major, one's pretty important. I am, and we haven't talked about this yet. It's going to come out very, very soon. Um, but it's not a secret, I just haven't spoken about it. But I'm actually a trustee of a prison museum charity called the Prison Museum, Char- prison museum Trust. Um, so I'm a trustee of that charity. Um, I've been working with them quite closely and with the CEO, Chris, around bringing prison museums into guess what into prisons into what we have um, and i've been having a few other conversations with a few other people um i was having a conversation with visit shopshire i'm going to put this out there about whether um they actually asked whether i'd be interested in going on their board which I, I i've expressed an interest in doing that not really heard much more from them at the moment so that that's just an ongoing kind of discussion i don't know if that will happen or not um, I'd very happily sit on the board of visit Shoption and, and help them to drive forward tourism and visitor economy in the county. Um, I'm very passionate about that. Obviously I own a tourist attraction in the county, so it's, it's important to me in that instance, but I have a lot of knowledge in that world. And I think, I think, I am the only, I am, I own, and I mean own, The largest, most popular tourist attraction in Shropshire, I think. I'm not 100% sure about Drayton Manor. I'm not sure if they're in Shropshire, I think they're in Staffordshire. (laughs) I should know know, my county boundaries, really. And there's some brilliant attractions in in Shropshire. Um, It's just just that we happen to own ours. Um, So yeah, so we've got a lot of knowledge in that world, obviously, I don't want to talk about that anymore. Um, So yeah, so I'm focusing on my why. So I'm going to really keep focused on that. I'm really going to keep focused on my health, um, which is my mental health, my physical health, my general well-being. And I'm also going to focus on my education. And when I talk about my education, I specifically mean my education around my perspective and around taking other people's opinions to create a wider perspective. And I don't really read; it's not it's not my way. So I listen to podcasts. I, I you know I watch lots of videos, and I love to have conversations with people and quite difficult, quite controversial conversations. I think that's why sometimes people think I'm a bit of a dick. I, I can be, but also I ask very very difficult, uncomfortable questions of people, and it comes across as I'm either being negative about your approach, or I'm trying to catch you out, or I'm sort of saying you're wrong, and I'm not. Those three things never are where I'm coming from. So if that's how you perceive it when I ask a question, I promise you that's not the case. What I'm doing is I'm trying to ask something to get you to give me your thoughts and your opinions and where you're coming from with it, so I can understand that, so I can take on a completely different perspective and feed that into my arsenal of information because information brings wisdom. And I think wisdom is, is a real key to success. Um, it's all about knowledge. Um, and then sharing and showcasing. So that's, that's me narrowing in on my whys. Oh my God, my tea. Oh, I've got what, five minutes? I've got, I've got time, I've got time. God, I talked about that a little bit too long, I do apologise. I got very, very dramatic there as well. I found myself raging my voice. Um, okay. Um, let's talk about employees. Let's talk about employees. Um, recently, I went down to Shepton uh, About three weeks ago, something like that, four weeks ago, I was down there in Shatton, and once I was down there, I was interviewing for marketing assistants, and we saw a few different people, um, some of which were really, really good, and there was a standout candidate for me, and there was, there was there was three candidates that were really, really close, and there wasn't a lot separating the three of them. And again, I need to be a little bit careful about what I speak about here. Um, funny enough, I had um, uh, a, a solicitor email, a solicitor message me earlier this week, who I know, who's done some work with us in the past, who's an employee solicitor, um, just saying he'd been listening to a podcast, which was really nice that he'd been listening to it, um, and I'm sure he might be sat there right now going, "Oh God, Joel, be careful what you say, be careful what you say, be careful what you say." What you say. Um, so yeah, employees. Um, <laughs> anyway. Uh, there was one candidate that did they, they scored slightly higher in sort of the way that the way that we do it and, and there was just something that really fitted. And they were just the standout candidate for me, not by a massive amount, but certainly by enough to be yet yeah, that's the person we'd like to give the job to. So we gave the job to that person, offered the job to that, they accepted it. Um, Shelly then kicked into, into gear, which you know, she does very, very well. She, she worked to get all the employee contracts done. She worked to get the starter forms done. She got them onto the, onto the employee systems. She was getting them booked in to come and see the team and meet the team um, when, when they could. There was a call, uh, call being booked in, ready for me to be able to speak to them, to figure out which computers they wanted, PCs, Macs, stuff like that, and to arrange stuff. There. So all that was kind of in the process, moving along quite nicely. Um, I was really excited because I thought this person's going to be great, it's really good, it's a company moving forward, big step for Shepton as well. The marketing team were really excited, everything was kind of going really good. And you can see where I'm going to go with this. And then they dropped Shelly an email to say, I actually have decided not to take the role. And they gave a couple of reasons and they were basically that the hours, they had another role or another job where the hours suited them better and the job suited them better. Now that's absolutely fine. I'm surprised by that because from our perspective, we were doing a four day working week to give a really nice life life work balance. And we were doing um, flexi time with hybrid working. So you can work from home, in the office, on a flexi time, four days a week really decent hours. Um, so, so I was surprised. I was like, God, my God, what, how do you get better than that? Um, so yeah, so I rang this person to, to just try and get some feedback really for why they chose a different company to ours so we could try and improve what we're doing and just see if there's something we're missing because we do offer quite a lot. Uh, and I, I couldn't get a hold of them. I left them a couple of messages. I know Shelly dropped them an email. They never came back to us. I just thought that was really disappointing because there was a great opportunity there, fair enough they didn't take it, that's not a problem. It just would be nice to get some feedback as to why. Um, So anyway, uh, the interesting thing was that person was really keen on the development of moving forwards. And actually in the last three weeks, what's happened from when they accepted the job to when they would be starting next week? they've obviously decided not to take it. But what's happened in that period of time is the company's moved quite drastically just in a couple of weeks and marketing's evolved quite quickly. And it means actually we were looking at going, do you know what? Maybe we need a marketing coordinator and a marketing assistant down at Shepton. So we need two people. And actually the person that we had lined up for the marketing assistant probably would have stepped forward into a marketing coordinator role within maybe a couple of weeks of being there. So they would have then had a promotion, a pay rise, um, and had more influence and uh, control and development of the strategy along the market merger. Um, so it's just, it's that thing I always say to people, you know, we, we will develop at the at, at fast pace we're going to, and you can develop with us at the pace that you're comfortable with, that's absolutely fine. Because there'll always be people that want and run at a thousand miles an hour, and there'll always be people that are quite content, just walking and, and, and ticking along, and it's all fine for us. So that was a bit of a surprise for me, or I think it was a bit of a shame, because I think that person, I don't know why they've taken a different job, I've got no idea what they're doing, it might be amazing. I truly, really hope it works out for them, because I thought they were a brilliant candidate, totally wanted to put them into our organisation, think they can make a real impact, and think they would do very, very well in whatever they do. I just had that feeling from them. And I thought that was great. Um, so I hope they do really, really well. It's just a shame because I think they could have had a huge impact on what we do and they probably could have grown quite fast. Um, it's annoying as well from Shelley's perspective because she worked hard obviously to get everything going and then they, then they let it down. And, you know, she's, and then we have to go back to it and find somebody else. So now we're going back to the other candidates and having a conversation with them. It's a little awkward because we're like, you know, we're not going to lie. You were second or third. But actually, you know, this has happened. But you're were, you're were definitely good enough that we want to bring you into the company. It's just at the time there was someone slightly better, and I don't think that's um, something we should shy away from or try and hide. It's just the reality of the situation. The other thing I'm going to touch on, and this is really hard for for, for again, I'm, I'm going to talk about this internally in the company next week. But I looked at the sickness records for the last month with Shelley, and every single employee who doesn't have the title manager, who doesn't have a manager um, position, every single employee has had at least one day off sick in the last month. Now, some of those, all of those, might be absolutely legitimate. I certainly know some of them are because of COVID and sicknesses and stuff like that. So I'm not saying we've got people skyping off work. I don't think that's true. There could be some people within our organisation that are pulling sickies. That does happen. I've done it myself in the past. I'm happy to have my hands up. I've pulled many, many sickies, lots of different jobs. Um, So it it does happen. But when you're an organisation and to put that into perspective, I'm not exactly sure of the numbers, I can't remember off the top of my head, but we're talking about 45 potentially employees Every single one of these employees has had at least one day off in the last month. That means that in the last 30 days, we've had a minimum of 45 days sickness. Now the impact of that on a business is fucking gargantuan. And unless you run a company or manage staff or manage a department and see budgets, it's really hard, I do believe this, it's really hard to comprehend the impact because when someone goes off sick, first of all, there's the entire admin process that comes along with that. With them being off sick, with them being tra- tracked off sick, with them being you know, put into the system off sick, with the admin team having to do their thing, finance and payroll having to do their thing in terms of sick days. Then you've got the aspect of how long they're off sick. Do we do doctor's notices? Are they doing self-certification when they come back to work? We do return to work forms. All of that takes time. And therefore, all of that time takes us away from running the actual business. On top of that, when somebody's off sick, we then also have to cover what they're doing. Now, the way we've structured the attractions is so we've always got enough people on site, in theory, in each department. So if someone goes off sick, we can cover it without having to pick up the phone and call people in. It doesn't really happen in our world anymore, which is good because we're not having to disrupt people on their days off. But it does mean that on that specific day, when someone's off sick, somebody else has to pick up additional workload. That puts them under extra pressure, puts them under extra stress, makes them have to work harder for that day. The delivery is never quite as good because you're a person down. There's things that will get missed at the, end of the day and certain, certain jobs and tasks will get to put to one side and they'll get prioritised. And then we can only pick up the, the most important ones as we see it. There is a huge, huge impact in a business when someone's off sick. And what I'm going to say here, maybe controversial, I don't know. If you're an employee and you're thinking about pulling a sick day, I get it. I understand we all kind of have done that in the past and we might be thinking about doing it. I would just ask you, I've got a kind of employer to consider the impact on everybody else. Because the reality is if you pull a sick day in my organization, yes, it has an impact on me, but a tiny impact, a very, very small impact. And I'll be fine. If my companies will go belly up tomorrow, I'll still be okay because I'll go on and do something else. But when you pull a sickie, it is the people in your immediate team, your direct colleagues you work with day to day, they will pick up the most amount of shit. Then it's the managers above that pick up the next level of shit. And beyond and beyond and beyond and the further up the line you go, the less shit they will have to pick up. But the guys around you you work with every single day, they have to pick up a lot of crap. So just think about that. And then when you're pulling sickies, that then takes away your right to complain about not being paid enough about working conditions, about the company being crap at this or crap at that or not great enough for this. All of that, I believe, kind of disappears when you regularly pull sickies. If you're legitimately ill, that's completely different. Obviously that happens and it sucks. But if you're not really sick and you're blagging off work, I think that's a bad thing. And and it's not good for the people that work around you. That's all I'm gonna say. I've got to go, I've got to go pick up my daughter. Um, Thank you for listening. Uh, Please do subscribe. Do send it to other people if you're enjoying it. Please send me messages and comments. I've had five this week, brilliant messages. Brilliant um, uh, emails and some messages through LinkedIn and social media. I've really enjoyed it, so thank you very much. I hope you enjoyed listening to it. If there's anything, anything specific you want to ask or know, ping me a question, I'll cover it in the next episode. Um, I promise. Next week we're gonna talk a bit more about brand, and I'll talk about the back end of the escape rooms from Shepton um, and Shrewsbury. Uh, this has been episode 13 of Entrepreneur Life with me, Joel Campbell. And I am an entrepreneur.